Welcome to the More Than Fitness Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming at you live, me and Jared Hamilton, from the backyard of my parents' house in Ashland, Kentucky. Jared came down for the day, and and now we're sitting outside in my backyard in the gazebo. The birds are chirping. You might hear them. It's a beautiful night. It's probably what, maybe in the 60s right now? It is. It, it's like, I don't know if I could make it any better. It's magical. It, it's, it's almost like, you know, to get really corny, Let's this, hear it. this reminds me of like the scene in Aladdin when the carpet comes up. That's the kind of night this is. It's it's majestic. Am I am I wrong? Like I, <laughs> Listen, this is what we what we were talking about right before this and right. and what I was very adamant about making happen before this podcast and before any podcast. You have to you have to set the tone. You have to set the mood for a a, a the best experience possible. And experience I, is everything. And I think that's what that's that's what we've been doing. Jared has uh, got some cigars here. This is the first time I've ever smoked a cigar in my entire life. So those of you on the video podcast, you can see us. You can see me poorly doing this. Hold on. This I is believe a, in him. It's all right. You're right. Fill in, fill in the dead air for me. See, we're we're breaking Matt's cigar virginity tonight. We're we're taking it. So Matt's never had a cigar before. I quite enjoy cigars. Yeah. So. But I'm making sure he don't get sick. Nothing bad's going to happen. If, you if know. I throw up on the podcast, that'd be interesting. That'd be great content, If you actually. threw up from like a quarter of a cigar, <laughs> y- y- you're, y- we, we're going to have issues. No, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Did you uh, did you enjoy dinner? I did enjoy dinner. His uh, Matt's mother mm-hmm. is amazing in the kitchen. So. Listen, listen. We, we had to... I told my mom, I was like, look, Jared's going to come over. Um, so like we gotta, we gotta make him something good. And of course she whipped out basically the Thanksgiving dinner. Like I, I come in the house, like I get here, I roll up, we come in the house instantly. The house smells like my grandma's house on Christmas and Thanksgiving morning. Yes. And then like, I see some stuff in the works, right? Like stuff's in the oven, stuff in the crock pot, stuff in the crock pot. And I'm like, Oh, this is dope. And then like they start setting the table and his mom and dad make like 18 trips from the kitchen to the dining room. And I'm like, holy fuck. Like, we, had, we, had some, we, had, we had some, we had some roast. We had some sweet potato casserole. We had some broccoli, uh, bro- casserole. broccoli casserole. We had some rolls. We had some mac and cheese. Some cake. We had some cake. We had some yellow cake with fudge frosting. It's good shit. Um, yeah, man. Well, it's just like you, whenever you come here, that's whenever I talk about experiences is a good full circle. Like, part of of hospitality like the entire trip has to be experienced right so like whenever you first came then i went and i I showed you around uh uh, i just we went to different places we went by my high school we went and saw my dad at his auto body shop and then i took him around the park and and where my mom works and just showed him showed him the whole city matt is a fantastic host if in case anyone wants to dm matt and say hey when's it my turn (laughs) listen but that's (laughs) but that's that's what i'm getting the reason why i want to be a fantastic host is because like i want to make the experience the best possible For, for for both of us. Yeah. You know? And so that's why we've got that's why we've got all of the vices here. We've got some we've got some bourbon, so we've got the alcohol. You've got you've got a mixed bourbon drink. We've got some diet coke. So we got the caffeine in. We've got some water, Hydration. of course. So for for the OGs out there, you guys know this is the trifecta. You've got to have all different types of drinks that work synergistically yep. together, right? You've got the alcohol, that's the that's more of the depressant, gets you loosey goosey and gets <laughs> all the walls down. You've got the caffeine from the Diet Coke that is a stimulant, gets you up and going, and the water is to make sure we stay hydrated and don't get too drunk off our asses. And then on the, the podcast. cigar makes you feel sophisticated and then the, as fuck. And then we got nicotine from the cigar. <laughs> I just realized, oh yep. man, we're killing it. 
We're killing it. And then the Aladdin vibed evening. No humidity, probably 65, birds in the background. Man, listen. God, it's just it's fucking David, amazing. David, I don't want you to take any of these, nope. these sounds out in the background because I know you're going to want to maybe edit this or something, but we, I want to keep I want to keep all these in here. Um, I'm feeling good, and I'm so happy that that you were able to, to, to come through. We had been talking about doing this for a long time, and this is the first time I've ever had like an internet friend come here uh, to my house because you know like well with us you have kind of like normal friends sure. right who are people maybe you grew up with or people that are local that have nothing to do with the online coaching space right, or anything right. like that and then we have our online friends and I met Jared completely online and then through the magic of, of, of social media mm-hmm. and and high quality friendships then we here we are because we this is only like so this is only our third uh, interaction in person together right the other <laughs> Everybody can hear that. You hear that? Oh, the bird? Yeah, yeah. that was a loud one. Yeah, that was yeah, a loud one. Yeah, your cigar just died. I think it did. It's all right. I can relight it. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we'll do it in dead air. Yeah, you um, go. So it's, it, it's cool, though, because we we literally, this is only our third time ever meeting. The first two times were um, when Matt was living in New York with our other internet friends, Rico and Ryan. Shout out. That's right. Shout out. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yes. And, Al- uh, and Alex. Shout that's right, out Alex, Alex as well. And Alex. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's it's been good. Because like, like you mentioned earlier, I think that it is always interesting whenever you uh, are friends with people online and then you want to meet up with them in person. And sometimes they can just be more of like a, a, a caricature of who they are or a different different type of personality, or maybe they're just not exactly who you thought they were. And I think I can say with full confidence that Jared is is absolutely who he is. Well, online. I appreciate that. Well, yeah. we, we were talking about this earlier when we were, we were getting some just computer work done in the house, like answering emails and stuff. But we were talking about that, how one of the worst things is when there's someone that you either look up to or like an acquaintance online or like anybody for that matter, Mm -hmm. when they're not who you think they are. Like I think everyone like, let's say looks at someone like the rock and it's like, we all just hope he's that person Mm -hmm. that we think he is. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my biggest fears personally is it's why I try to be as real and true and authentic as possible online is because one of my biggest fears is someone like connecting with me, loving who the, the, who I am online Mm -hmm. And then meeting me in real life. And if they're like, oh, that is not who I thought he was. Because a lot of people do that, right? A lot of people like play a character online. And then you get in real life and their ethics are less, their morals are less, or like they're just a different human. Yeah. And it's it's one of my biggest fears, which is why I almost don't care about the people that like some of my content offends or upsets or doesn't sit well with online is because for when someone does meet me in person, I want to be literally, they then be able to go, wow, you're literally the exact person right. I thought. Like we said, we we over deliver we overcompensate like we meet somebody who would ever you know say something to us on the street or something like that or say that they listen to the podcast or if you have a meetup or something like that you're 100 percent going to because we're just you know we're we're in a position where like if that for that to even happen is insane and so it's like for that person to even give a shit about what we say on a regular basis is is intense yeah i think it's very intense very intense um but I think what's in, yeah I think part of that is like because whenever you meet somebody that you look up to uh, or that you just you know you I'm not saying necessarily people looking up to us or something but like you relate to you want to be their friend or something then you oh, meet yeah. them in person and then they're different it's kind of like that trust is lost right like it, the 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 person who you they thought you were yeah right then it's just like oh shit my entire mm-hmm. uh, 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 persona of who I thought you were isn't necessarily matching up with it to even come more full circle i'll bring um, it we're talking about experiences right yes and if you it's whenever a bad experience happens uh 
it's it's because what it, it, how to put out a word. It's because some the the experience was let down. The the what you expected was let down. Right. right? If you're like, uh, if you like, if, if if I have this drink and I'm not looking and I expect it to be water, mm. and I drink it and it's carbonated. Mm-hmm. It's not that I necessarily had a preference, whether it be uh, bourbon and in Coke or water, but I had a bad experience because my expectation was something different. Mm-hmm. And the experience was bad. Yes. So kind of coming full circle with that, where if your expectations are not on point, then you're going to have a bad experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, actually, to be honest, that's probably why even more of my experience today has been so much better. Because last thing I heard from you is you said, hey, we're just going to be chilling at the house not doing anything crazy, whatever. We're just going to be hanging out. And I was like totally on board with that. But then I get here right. and the fucking house is gorgeous. You got pool and lights and shit. And then <laughs> like your mom makes like an 18 course dinner <laughs> and we come out here on a gorgeous night and it's like, it, it, my expectations were exceeded. So therefore my experience is better. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's what I, that's what I wanted. I wanted again, just like, just like I would with, with other people, I wanted to over deliver with you too. And I think it's just, it's part of the experience. It's just like, this is, uh, you know, it's a special, it's almost like a first impression type thing. It's like, you come here, I want to welcome you into my home. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just a very, uh, it's like a primal thing. You want to make sure that everything, everything's good. I'm curious. I don't think everyone else feels like that though. You think so? No, I I come across a lot of people who don't give a shit. Just don't care. Right. Right. You know, like I mean? if you would come into their house, they just don't doesn't or like don't like, try like no one, like not everyone thinks to just go out of their way to over deliver an experience. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's one of the ways that I teach like in business. Like uh like you and I both kind of help other people with like, some business building stuff. And one of the things that I teach is leave room in your business to over deliver. Right? Like yeah. Not necessarily under promise so you can over deliver, but leave room where you can over deliver with your clients and sure. blow expectations out of the water. Sure, sure. Is there anybody that you this is this is more of a, a left field question. Is there anybody that you would freak out like if you got to actually meet in person? Are you that type of person? Like if you met like I'm talking anybody, anybody in the world, like if you met them, would you like legit freak out and like freeze up or something? Um not freak Get free- sweaty, sweaty not, palms. Uh, <clears throat> how to <laughs> how to word yes and no. Right. Okay. I'm not like fangirl Jared, like, oh my gosh, da, 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 da. But there's some people who I look up to who, if I found out they were coming over, I'd get a little bit nervous. I'd right. be like, oh shit. Right. Who's coming over? Yeah. 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 Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or, or where it's like, let's say someone I've looked up to online and I go to a seminar or an event or a run into them and I'm like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not like, I don't have the same energy with every single person, mm-hmm. like, like with whoever that is. Yeah. But if it's someone who, especially I've looked up to, um, someone that's made a big impression on my life and I found mm-hmm. out like they were going to be somewhere. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I would, I would, I would get a little bit like, ah, what about yeah. you? No. Um, as far as me, I, I think, I mean, I, this is my definitely white millennial male coming out, but I think <laughs> Joe Rogan would be pretty, I think it'd be pretty cool to, to, to meet him in person. I think it would be somewhat, I feel like he's also just somewhat of like an intimidating person to begin okay, with. You know what I'm saying? So just, just he shakes meeting. your hand and like, he's like, I could choke you out 18 different ways right now. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's somewhat what I think about, but it's just like, have you ever been, have you ever been to a, um, a big concert and something and, and been around, so like I went to a Drake concert one time and okay. and I saw like Drake was up on the the little balcony or whatever mm-hmm. thing like he was fairly close and it was literally like uh, it was almost like surreal like it was almost like I couldn't believe Drake was actually that wow. close to me this was this was 
you know, probably like eight years ago okay. or like nine years ago or something. This is quite some time ago. I don't know if I would have that same reaction, but it's just so interesting how, because this is all, he's just another guy. Sure. But it's all just made up in our head, like this, the status and everything else, like how important he actually is. But then you see him in person. And I think it's, I feel like it's just like fantasy for the most part. You see these people, yeah. you see these celebrities, you see these certain people and it's not real. But whenever you get to meet them in person or see them in person, then you're like, Oh shit! This is actually, this is this is a real person, sure. and like I, I don't know, it just it, it humanizes them. Well, so n I think it's interesting because I've been on, I've been fortunate enough to be on the receiving end of that, sure. and, and and it's changed my perspective a little bit. I've had people because of some of the following stuff I have on social. Same with you. I know we were talking about earlier. You know, you you've been out and about in New York, and someone's like, right. "Oh shit, are you Matt? I listen to your podcast," and they have kind of a fangirl or a fan guy moment. Well. It, it like the first time that ever happened to me, I was like at a hotel, I was at a conference or whatever. And someone like, like I was in, I was working out in the hotel gym. I think we were talking about this earlier. Right. And a couple of dudes came up and they're like, dude, wait, are you, you're, you're the at real Jared Hamilton guy. And I'm like, right. yeah, man, what's up? And they're like, uh, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, you got to open the lighter. And they're like, uh, and they're like, they, they kind of like freaked out a little bit. Sometimes that okay. lighter can be weird. It's all good, it's all good. Uh, and they like freaked out a little bit, but and I, but in my head, I'm like, I'm literally a normal motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And it was like, why are they freaking out about we're like me? The we're like the most normal. We you know what I mean? Coming from where around where we are from and just, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like as far as, um, you know, not any like super special upbringing or anything like that. Right. Like I think it's. But then if you think about cool. that on the standpoint of even like, let's say someone like Drake in your example, mm -hmm. he still grew up a normal kid, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone, everyone behind whatever it is is still a fucking human with insecurities, with probably some shit from their childhood, with whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean. But I don't know. It's it's weird. We do that. Like everyone does it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think that there's just something fascinating about that. Like the the whole seeing someone as as like an ideal or like some some type of uh, uh, I don't know, like a like a. a a false figure. I feel like we it's like a godlike figure that that we can look at and and yeah man. I don't know. How's the how's the cigar going? Is it good? It's How, good man. You're, you're, if you guys are noticing, I am lighting Matt cigars for yeah, him because listen. you know what? Hey. Sometimes we got to have training wheels, guys. It's, it's no big I'm, deal. I'm figured it we out. Don't, we don't we don't training wheel shame here. <laughs> I, I'm 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 trying new things. I'm That's I'm right. figuring it out. And it's just like I feel like cigars is one of those things that you as a guy, it's like you gotta you gotta smoke a cigar at some point. You gotta at least. Here's the thing. Oh, this is an interesting. I'm wondering. Do you ever feel? I probably shouldn't have done that right next to the mic. Sorry, David. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Hey, this is real shit. Um, there's some things that I think like, oh, I need to as a guy. And I feel like this is probably certain ways with girls. And I'm not even getting into the debates between like you know masculinity, femininity, like what guys should do, what girls should do, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like. Are there certain things like I feel the need to know how to sure. smoke a cigar? Do you see what I'm saying? Just yeah. like guys, a more common example would be uh, Change like a changing tire. a tire. <laughs> exactly. But like the fact that we both thought that. Just exactly. Now. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think, is there other things that you can think of like right off, like off the top of my, so I, that's why, you know what? Like one of the things that I think I got into to bourbon 
Uh, and just, just one of the reasons, I guess this is definitely is not the main reason. I'm not that vain, but like <laughs> I didn't, I don't like beer and I, mm. I don't like drinking beer and I wish I did because I feel like it's a manly thing to do. Like it's sure. a cool, like you got a bottle of beer, you're chilling, you're si- chilling with your boys. You're at a, you're at a, you're at a sports event or something. You drink a little bit of beer out of the bottle and you do, or, or a big tall draft right. or something, but it's just like, I've never gotten into it. So it's like with, with alcohol or with uh, bourbon in particular, I feel like it's a, a manly thing to sure. do, but why? It, why? Why? Like, I, I. To be honest, again, it goes back to expectations, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's say, like you have, let's say, we'll let's label. Let's say the more masculine things that are stereotypical, like guys changing tires, um, you know, fixing things, getting yes. on the roof and doing shit, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like handyman. It's because it's it's a societal expectation, right? But let's say someone grew up in a household with a single mom with only girls that had no men in the house where, and and this isn't one of those things where it's like, oh, men can only do this and women can only do this. That's not where this conversation's going, but it's like, it's an expectations thing. I know plenty of women who can work on a car literally in circles around me. Oh, for sure. You or jujitsu. Think about jujitsu. Yeah, How I mean, many literally, girls can literally I've, I've rolled whoop with my ass. This is mine, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. Um, I don't think it matters at this yeah, point. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No girls whoop my ass. Yeah. But like, it's, it's one of those things where I think it's an ex- expectation. If you grew up in a, in a household that was a little bit more, uh, old school or is like the women stayed home, cooked, cleaned, did yes. their stuff. Right. Not that men can't cook or clean, but if that's what was ex- expected during the household, you know what I mean? Um, not to mean that can't change or whatever, but sure. from a societal or uh, not even societal from an individual household expectation. Cause actually when, uh, when Shelby and I were going through, so before we got married, we went to premarital counseling just to make sure like no red flags and we got everything on. Oh, point. that's cool. And, uh, it was before we got married. We, I feel like that's a good idea. Yeah. We like said, Hey, let's go to some premarital counseling just to make sure like our ducks are in a row mm-hmm. and everything was great. But one of the things that the people that were the counselors that were helping us would, were, were talking about is a big issue that, can cause some issues during marriage mm-hmm. is an expectations thing. Like, let's say, for example, I grew up and my mom did cook. Well, so growing up, my oh, mom was a stay at home, mom, stay at home mom. So my mom cooked, cleaned, took care of us kids, things like that. Well, Shelby growing up, my wife, her mom, her dad, her mom and dad worked different s- schedules and stuff. So there are plenty of times Shelby's dad as a little girl, put her hair in a ponytail and got her ready for school. Her mom didn't. Her mom was already at work, so her dad, being self-employed, made sure the kids got on the bus, made their breakfasts, did what might be stereotypical mom stuff. Yeah, There's yeah, that yeah, little yeah. New York vibe with, hey. the, with the sirens. Hey, we're in Kentucky. This That's right. Is, we, still, we still got ambulances <laughs> and fire trucks here. We got sirens. That's right. But I, I think yeah. it's, I think it's an, an individual expectation of how you were brought up. Yeah, that makes sense. But if you're again more full circle, if your expectations are off, your experience of growing up or the marriage in my case that the example I gave can change. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I, I I just think that there are certain things that I just I want to. I, I think I think this is where the uh, one thing that I am self conscious about is, and, and especially it happened whenever I went to whenever I lived in New York, where it was a little bit more dangerous and stuff. Sure. But like self defense. Yeah. Right? So whenever, whenever you whenever you got into jujitsu, did would you say that your uh, uh, your your overall confidence in your ability to defend yourself? I feel like even uh, from what I've heard, even if you have like two to three weeks of jujitsu training, you're going to be miles ahead of somebody with no jujitsu training. Without a doubt. Yeah. So for anyone that's to give context up to speed, I've yeah. been doing jujitsu for like three years. I'm a, I, I hold a blue belt for those who mm-hmm. give a shit. Um, but no, I totally agree with that. Like, to be honest, like this is common among uh, like uh, among like the police officer world where if like you just train 
if any police officer just trains jujitsu for six months, you will probably never have an issue on the road because like, and cause that's like, especially current climate of things where like people are having to use more force than necessary. The cop gets hurt. The, uh, the, the person getting arrested gets hurt mm. because it takes 17 per- people to hold down one person who doesn't want to behave, mm. but because they don't know how to handle someone who doesn't want to sit still in a way that keeps the, the, uh, the victim safe in, uh, in harm and out of harm's it's safe way. for everybody. It's safe for everyone. The cop doesn't get hurt or killed. The, the, the person getting attempted to be arrested doesn't get hurt, killed or maimed in the process. Do they teach that in the police Academy at all? Do they, I mean, there's I know a, they teach, there's you know, a level like hand of combatives, yeah, right. but like, it's actually cool. I've actually heard rumor of, uh, certain States are basically among police departments going to be basically requiring a level of jujitsu ranking for oh. officers, like to hold a, a, bl- a, a blue belt. Like to give you perspective, like uh, I know, so I train with a lot of cops. A lot of cops come through the the, the jujitsu school I go to, and I've had some really intimate conversations after class with some of these officers or newer officers, and they're like, "It's intimidating because you get someone, let's say, not necessarily trying to toot my own horn. Let's say there's sure. someone that's been training for one, two, three years. Like mm-hmm. let's say like myself or some of yes. my training partners who are not officers who do not go out and fight crime on a daily basis, who is not in danger every day. They slap hands with a cop, and the cop gets these shit beat out of them. Yeah, and the cops like. I, I they're like this was such a false sense of security I had mm. because I had an officer friend of mine that I trained with open up and he said here's the issue he said and most cops won't tell you this he said when we're on the road and someone's fighting back they're fighting back just enough to run away so they're not really trying to most 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 bad guys aren't trying to cause crazy amounts of harm and kill officers they're trying to fight enough to run mm-hmm. but you go to a jujitsu class you slap hands and square up and it's who taps first. Yeah. And it's intimidating. And, and they're like, and my, my, my officer friends are like, there, there's almost a false sense of security because like this person is actually trying to, in a controlled training environment, try to submit me or try, try to, to win the fight where it's like, this isn't what happens on the road. Mm. And, uh, I don't know how we got talking to around this side of stuff. From- oh, because, well, it was because I was, I was talking about wanted to be able to self-defend myself. And then mm-hmm. we, we start. I was saying that I feel like out of all things, in most situations, especially because if you're going to get into a, if you're just an everyday person, you get into a confrontation or something, sure. it's probably going to be somewhat like this close. And yeah. I, ideally, you're not going to like try and punch the person. You you would try to prevent that from happening. I mean, but then if you get into a confrontation, you're probably like jujitsu, taking the guy on the ground is going to go to the ground. Sure. And so you may throw one or two punches and then if you get lucky or yeah. not, but then if you go to the ground... Mm-hmm. Then that's where because well, nine times out of sure ten fights over. aren't fair. Right, half the fight fight is usually surprised. Right, you're walking down a street and you get bashed on the back of the head. You're on the ground. The guys above you want your wallet. Mm. Right, or like in jujitsu or other fighting sports, you know, like you're not allowed to elbow to the back of the head. You can't kick them in the groin. You can't gouge their eyes. You're on the street. Like fight. Like the fights aren't fair. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, wh- which is why like any level of understanding you already have I, it's almost it's just like awareness right like like a t-shirt collar if i stretched my t-shirt collar out it's never going to regain its original shape whereas once your awareness has been changed it's never going to regain and shrink again hmm. you know what i mean do you think uh uh do you do do you do um have the joe rogan thinking where you never want to wear a tie because joe rogan says he'll never he never wants to wear a tie because of how easy someone could choke him out with um so and I know of, you train with gi, right? right? So, so well, what's funny is um, it, at this point, it really doesn't matter because, uh, so actually what's funny is my jujitsu coach um, says he he hates wearing hooded sweatshirts. 
Right. That's another one because that I feel like you can get but here's the thing is I actually I, I talked my 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 instructors into having a Friday night class where because usually at the school I go to on Friday nights it's just rolling. You everyone goes and just spars all night. I said we should have a street clothes night where everyone like goes to Goodwill or gets a sh- old sweatshirt and that we roll in t shirts and hoodies and see what happens. Yeah. And a, a, a t-shirt you can choke somebody out yeah yeah that's it, uh, true. a hooded sweatshirt uh you can choke someone out like i get it with ties right it's super easy because mm-hmm. it's literally a tie but like that collar that shirt you could get choked down because you right. got you got handles you know what i mean yeah for but sure. but then but then like i've i'm honestly never understood why a lot of people get weird about that in the jujitsu community because also have you never seen high school wrestling or nogi jujitsu you don't you're damn near naked, right? Mm-hmm. You've either got Under Armour sh- shirt and shorts on, yeah. so you have nothing to grab, yeah. but wrists and the back of a neck. Right, or a singlet. And it doesn't matter, like, and you're get, people are getting choked out left and right. Yeah. So, like, I've never understood why people in the fighting community are like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to wear any of It's like, no gi, there are no gi world champions who can <laughs> choke out anybody. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know? I don't think the clothing is going to be the determining no. factor. And mo- to be honest, most people suck at that kind of stuff mm-hmm. under the circumstances of even like a gi, let alone a t-shirt that's going to rip a little bit right. or whatever. Do you follow UFC at all? Oh, yeah. Did you watch UFC 263? Uh, I, wasn't, no. I, I didn't see this last one. But. Okay, so I yeah, that's that is one thing that I did. I, I don't follow it as much as I used to. Because Nate Diaz the, was in it, and I love Nate Diaz. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's crazy. So fun to watch. Um, I used to. Uh, it's if like some of the big names that I know of are fighting. I don't follow it as close as I used to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah Diaz no. is. He, he can take a fucking hit. No, he's uh he's a maniac. Yeah. And so it's just the, basically this guy from the West Coast who just if you just imagine a street fighter, if you could create one just from from scratch, yeah. that's what he would look. That's how he looks like. And whenever he, he's fighting and things, oh, he's not he's not he's, like this. He's like, talking sh- shit. He's just yeah. like a he's just like a West Coast gangster. Basically, he's, is what he's he looks literally like. not like the shredded bodybuilder looking no, dude. With he's like abs. skinny. He's like skinny fat. He almost. literally looks like your average average dude that's trying to start shit at a bar yes doesn't stand up he like he didn't even stand up straight he walks out he looks half out of shape his face is all fucked up from getting hit in the face so many times because he can get hit in the face so many times and not go down so, so. much but I, I was just i'm just trying to think like why because what i was i was listening on the uh we got dogs barking it's all good sorry david um but with the I, i'm i was listening to podcasts talk about that and it's just like why do we relate to that type of per like why do we relate to Nate so well and I think I feel like one of the reasons why we relate to Nate so well is because of the realness of him and 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 the the I just going back to kind of full circle about if I met Nate I feel like I would get Nate you know what I'm saying like oh, I f- without a doubt I feel like I would get that exact type of person and I think that that is what draws people probably a lot to your content and my content too it's like some of the best compliments that i can get is just like i love how honest you are i love it your your content seems refreshing and it's just like why is it refreshing and i think it's refreshing because we've been able me and you uh, i because i'm sure you've gotten compliments similar but it's I was just gonna like, ask you what your main compliments you get are mine are always the same they're always the same roughly there's uh, like, like the same let's say the same five i feel so yeah it's typically like it's typically honesty they they like the realness or the um the refreshingness of of my content and also i've on so many occasions they're like i feel like i could get a drink with you at a bar and and hang out and that makes me feel really good because i would love to get a drink sure. with all of you <laughs> that's right uh, that's that's Everybody. how that's how i feel um but yeah no i think i think it's just like i want to a big thing of mine is is being people's friends. Like I want to 
I, I'm in this game. A big part of this game for me is just making more friends. And that's why I'm so stoked. We're like, it's, yeah, it's, it's come to fruition here. It's like not only with other like colleagues or whatever yeah. you want to call us. Right. But just anybody that mm -hmm. thinks the way that we do. Right. Cause while we're not the exact same, sure. a lot of our morals and values and, and judgments mm -hmm. on things align. Well, cause the other thing too, along those lines here, take a, take a, take a, oh, yes. take a puff. Yeah. Take yeah. A puff. Hey. Um, one of the Say things, less. one of the things, along those same lines is I heard a statement and I, I don't think I can argue with it. I'm curious. It's along these lines. I'm curious your thoughts is you can't respect someone without liking them. Think about yeah. any, anyone you respect, you yeah. like them, but anyone you do not like, you probably don't respect. Yeah. That's fair. For, for well, the most because, part. because there because, may be some caveats. Well, no, but. no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm literally just trying to genuinely think about the question. And I, I think that that's true because you have to at least like certain aspects sure. of them to respect them, right? Because what do you mm -hmm. respect? You right. know what I'm saying? Like, that's where But if you're just like, I fucking hate that guy. I don't like that. Like, there might be, like, I can think of a couple out, a couple asterisks to that, right? Like, I know some people who, like, don't like me, but they know I know how to calculate a fucking calorie deficit, right? <laughs> sure, you know sure, what I mean? Sure. But they're like, I hate how much you cuss. I just don't like your face whatever but like other than a couple asterisks like that um because i don't think there's even respect there it's it's like you have something i want well has any of those people ever became one of your clients because i had one of those i really? had i had a guy who literally sent me a very not like a annoying oh hey how much you cuss whatever he gave me a genuine like uh critique or whatever about it and then i gave him my genuine answer because i'm sure you're like me and i've thought a lot about mm -hmm. this and like should i not cut like it does it take right. anything away or whatever and so i told him i was like i would actually be being i would actually be disingenuous if i didn't Absolutely. if i didn't curse and there's certain it's just like there's a big difference between yeah and fuck yeah right yeah. like and i can't get that second part oh, yeah. down without saying fuck well like if like the difference between saying i love you versus i fucking love you <laughs> yeah. it's a different it's it's but here's the thing yeah you're right but the thing that like i get it like okay on paper maybe like part of my brain is like okay maybe you should cuss less but here's the thing i cuss in real life yeah and i'm not gonna start change stop change i'm not gonna out oh, my words i'm not gonna quit cussing in real life so then what happens if i stop cussing online and people think i'm this prim and proper politically correct jared sure. and they meet me in real life and they're like yeah fuck that motherfucker and i'm and they're like bad experience yes bad right. because, because expectations you're being, are broken you're being yourself yeah. right that's, here, here's here's the other piece with that too mm. is in this i've literally had this in my dms or in that comment section like i had a video like let's say i cussed a whole bunch like a rant or something well i've had literally on top of each other where someone says wow i'm unfollowing you you unprofessional your unprofessional shouldn't cuss so much <laughs> yeah and the comment below it says holy shit i love how much you cuss I've had people sign up with me. I've had clients literally say, I love how real you are. I love how much you cuss in the way you explain things and how raw you are. Because and that's why I decided to work with because you. Because the cursing is not a performance. You're not cussing for the sake of right. cussing, right? Like you're just you're just talking, just like we're yeah. talking now. I'm See, not thinking about like it's yeah. just it is what it is. And here's the other thing. the reality reality is most people cuss. Yeah. Right. So it's Oh, for sure. And and it's and it's not just that's just one example of it, but it's it, it's one of those things where I'm just, it, there's, we're not hiding anything. You know, I'm not acting one way to try to get a sale or to, to try to persuade you. It's like, I'm just being Jared. If you're down with that, cool, let's connect and lock arms. And if you're not, fuck off. There's plenty of other people who need my help. Like yeah, it's, that's, that's the, yeah. I mean, there's other people that maybe you'll get along with better. It, like, here, or you'll, you'll take some here's, better here's, message. From here's it. the other piece. Um, this is going to sound really bad. Um, Light on us. I'm not 
me personally, this is how I view it. I'm not for everyone. Of course not. Like, we shouldn't. And be. if somebody, shouldn't if, right. And if someone's like, I mean, like, like, let's say, let's say, you, let's say, let's take something arbitrary, like a size large shirt. Well, that means it's not for the people who wear smalls and not for the people <laughs> right. who wear extra larges. It's very true. It's for one person who wears larges. But imagine if everyone like said, oh, no, the large is a piece of shit because it doesn't fit me. It's like, if someone, if my, uh, to be honest with you, I do this on purpose. I like my content and who I am as a person to attract the right people and repel the wrong people. I don't want to be this kind of lukewarm in the middle pleases everyone. Cause then what's funny is then there's going to be, there's there going to be people who it doesn't resonate with. They're like, huh, I feel like Jared just in the middle. He doesn't have it. He doesn't stand for anything. He doesn't, yes. he's not his own person. He tries to make everyone happy. It's sure. You're not, no matter what you do, you're going to be judged. You're going to be hated. You're going to be loved. Mm-hmm. You might as well do what's authentic to you. Cause then all of a sudden, if you are just like, well, I'm trying to please everybody then all of a sudden you're you literally gave up your identity you now have regret and you now have all these negative feelings because you're like well i gave up my identity you know not that my my identity is the word fuck but if you start like giving up aspects of who you are exactly where do you stop right and it's like then who are you doing this for Mm -hmm. yeah no i I, listen i i i 100 agree um I want to know the compliments, though. I want to know what we we didn't get. We didn't oh, get to the compliment part. Uh, I want to know what compliments you normally get. Uh, very much the same as yours. Uh, okay, cool. I love how re- like it's like reference. usually it's right. It's um, compliments usually on real. Like I my me or my content just seems so real. It's authentic. It's no bullshit. Um, they feel like they would like just like I have a beer with me that kind of thing. Um, Do you feel any? imposter syndrome or any every d- fucking day yeah, yeah well i'm saying from after people say compliments do you have a gut reaction of just like almost not believing them for a split second like like i like or or maybe it's almost like disbelief or uh or, or it's like um questioning like do i deserve that um do you know what i'm saying yes and no so uh when people here's the thing, yeah, it's such a gray area. So, do I have imposter get imposter syndrome every fucking day? Sure, I have I have my own insecurities I deal with, like all of you, every day. And there's definitely some imposter syndrome. I think part of growth is imposter syndrome. I don't think you're ever going to get out of that. I don't Excuse think you, me. I don't think you can have growth without the imposter. I would, syndrome. yeah, exact, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think a lot of people struggle with the whole like when you just said, "Am I worthy of that?" or "Am I deserving of that?" Um. I used that's something that I what what originally one of the other few reasons why when I started therapy like a year year and a half ago is I couldn't shake this unworthiness thing, and um and because and the reason I like to talk about that is because I know it's like every person I talk to feels with that like feels that way they're like they go to lose weight, and then they're like oh, I just feel like I'm not good enough to lose weight. Well, that underlying belief is going to sabotage anything that goes against it, right? Someone's like I don't deserve to look good in my own skin. Well, then they lose twenty pounds. Well, now their reality goes against their core belief. They have to fuck it up. They're, then something's going to happen. Life is going to get in the way. Something legitimate is going to bring their their results back to where their base level beliefs are. Right. How much do you, how much do you think... Uh, well, of course, there's not going to be a number on this, but do you run into people who sometimes, <clears throat> as you're talking with them and as they keep going through things and maybe you've been working with them for a while, maybe sometimes you have to wonder... Are they just addicted to drama in their life? Like, are they addicted to like self sabotaging themselves so that they don't ever, you know, 
get out of this loop because I, I feel like for some people, the drama in their lives can be one of the few things that actually makes them feel alive. They feel something, right? They have these these raw emotions and things. And I think I read this. Sure. Uh, there's a book called The Courage to Be Disliked, uh, and it's 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 based on the the teachings of of Alfred Adler, who is one of Sigmund Freud's biggest like rivals, basically. Okay. And it's an it's an excellent book, and that's 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 one of the things that they they talk about. And it, it's just like sometimes you have to ask yourself like how well I, actually Tim Ferriss asked this question. He said, "How am I complicit in the conditions that I say I don't want?" Do you see what I'm saying? I, and I, I know the exact answer. Um, I think you, so. First of all, yes, I think people are addicted to, to their their drama, their negativity, their whatever, their emotional addictions. I think it comes down to this though: they are addicted to the old story. I actually just did a giant talk on this in my group coaching program uh, last night. They're addicted to the past. They're addicted to the old story because psychology teaches us that the mind craves what's familiar because what's familiar is safe even if it's bad it's comfortable right it's 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 one of right. those things where like your mind doesn't care if you're happy your mind cares about self-preservation so what or the brain does so the th like we let's compare it to something not weight loss something this is why we see people one of the reasons people stay trapped in toxic relationships well yeah my boyfriend's narcissistic and he's verbally abusive but i just don't know why i can't leave right trigger warning sorry but oh. <laughs> it's it's but it's it's be, but most people in that case is, or whatever other shitty situation is the way the brain sees it. It's not, it's like, yeah, it sucks, but I can, at least I know what's coming. I can prepare for it. Right. The whole, like expect the worst, but hope for the best. Yes. Because the brain doesn't care about happiness. It cares about self-preservation. So if there's an old story you've had or the old identity you've had for 20 years and it sucks, let's say it's sabotage. Let's say it's um, regress. Let's say it's drama. Yeah, it sucks, but you're, it's not unfamiliar territory. Mm-hmm. But the the thought of thriving, the thought of letting that old story die is uncomfortable. And, and the thought of stepping into something new, that's called the unknown, and you might die. Literally, it's what the psychology teaches us that the brain, the way the sure. brain operates, that's why we crave what's familiar and we drift to what's familiar. It's safe. Yeah. Safe. Even if it's bad. And Even if it doesn't serve us. Sure. And then so I guess the... Is the is the actions... Or is the, the move forward from that is it probably doing some type of self-reflection work on the deep-rooted stuff of that and also simultaneously acting kind of out of your comfort zone into this new story maybe that you're creating yeah you um the uh you can't escape a jail you don't know you're trapped in you right go. um so See, part of it is understanding this fucking guy with the sayings <laughs> i love uh, it <laughs> uh though that one that one came from dr joe dispenza hey, where i first go. heard hey, it's so, all good um but it, i mean think about it it's like it's like a fish trying to swim around trying to find the water it's like bro you're in the water Right. And it's, it's one of those things where part of it is number one, awareness of, wow, this is the current circumstances. Cause if you don't know how can you can't do better, right? If you don't know the engine in the car is broken, how can you take it to the mechanic to get fixed? Sure. But then number two is stepping into is basically knowing, oh, wow, the old story is definitely what's fucked me up. Okay. We're going to do the process. I'll let the old story die, but then rewrite the new one. Yeah. What, here, what's interesting is there's uh there's an analogy that, um, I can, I'll take credit for it. I came up with it myself. Hey, there um, and, uh, and this one's resonated. It's it, it, whenever I say it to someone, it, it usually hits home is I say, imagine if you were going to bed tonight, whatever you believe in a little angel came and said, Hey, you're going to get in a car accident tonight or tomorrow. You're going to get into a car accident. It's going to throw you straight into a coma. When you awake from the coma, you are going to have no recollection of your old, your past or your identity or who you are. 
So here's your one opportunity to write a letter that you're going to read when you wake up. Mm. Would you put in that letter the old story, the old suck, the old shit that you've been struggling with? The answer is no, right? No, everyone's going to be like, no, I'm going to put everything I want, who I want to be. I'm not going to put in any of my struggle, my old past, my old story. But the thing is, you can do that anytime. You have zero responsibility to be the same person you were five minutes ago. Right, right. I, it, like, to be honest I remember with you. remember that saying. I love that saying, it's, too. It's, I, I can't remember who said it. But <laughs> I can't either, but I love it. Because I, I remember hearing it either from you first or from somebody else as well. Lit- I, I really like that. Literally, it's part of my morning routine. I do, I do inner work just about every morning. And I literally re- reinvent and reaffirm the identity I want every single day. Mm, it's yeah, uh like, yeah. like like say like it, we call it let's say f- like some people call it future self journaling or whatever it is and it's and it's one of those things it's not just about a way of thinking and like or affirmations or whatever it's like here's a story i want to be here's who i am committing to be to being and becoming the old story the old jared whatever is dead and gone that doesn't exist hold space for it but it's it's not it's no longer a thing yeah. here's who i here's who i'm going to be but it's it's like every every day i do what i can to reinvent myself because presented with new information, new awareness, new standards, and you can do that every day. Sure, sure, sure. And it's it's one of those things where um, this way you're not trapped by the old story. I, I would even go so far as to say this is what I, I I tell clients sometimes who who struggle really with the all or nothing mentality is that they're seeing these events as interlinked as far as the last meal dictates how you eat this meal or, or something that you did sure. yesterday dictates the actions of, of what you should do today. Um, and, and I think that... One of the best things that I heard from from uh, Sam Harris, who's a PhD a neuroscientist, and he has an app called Waking Up. It's a meditation app. And he has a lesson on there about beginning again. And, and yeah. not even is each day a new, mom- a new time to reinvent yourself, but at every single moment, there's no reason. Yeah. Like you said, the five minutes, like you don't have any obligation to who you were five minutes ago. Yep. That's what I tell the, these people who, who struggle with all or nothing. It's just like, like if, and it goes back to the... Um, or I talk about how there's no reason why the next five minutes can't be the most focused, the most on track, sure. the, the the best decision-making process that you can make and the most valuable five minutes that you can possibly have in the next five minutes. You literally just decide that. And to, to take it from a workout standpoint, whenever people talk about how they sometimes slack off in a workout yeah. or they, they struggle with staying focused, I was like... You can stop in the middle of a workout and realize that the first 30 minutes of that has been complete shit. Sure. I was like, there's no reason why your next set can't be the most intentional, focused, intense uh, set you've ever done in your entire yeah. life. Like, why Why not? Why couldn't it be? And why can't the rest of the workout be absolutely the best you can possibly yeah. make it? And it's just like, it's not, oh, I'll wait till Monday for a clean mm-hmm. slate. I'll wait till tomorrow for a clean slate. It's like the very next moment, the next decision is that queen slate. Well, it's funny. People go, right right about now in the conversation, most people I hear go, well, Jared, we can't, I can't just snap out of it and change this. And right. I call bullshit. Right. Here's, here, here's what's funny. Every, anyone that's listening, every, like, I love, talk, I love specifically talking to moms about this. Every mom I know, as soon as they got a positive pregnancy test, their identity switched to I'm mom. They walk different. They talk different. They out of nowhere gave up things like drinking, smoking, eating, eat, bad eating habits, not being active. Literally, someone has a shit has shitty habits and a shitty identity. Then they get a positive piss test for mm. for, for for being pregnant, mm-hmm. and in a moment they go, "I'm mom." The baby, yeah, like 
okay, yeah, you, there's a baby inside you, but you didn't know until a little fucking three dollars. You're the same thing. person, right? Yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing is, in a moment you did that, or if all of a sudden you've, uh, let's say, uh, uh, let's say your dad almost died. Let's say your dad got put in a put in a coma, and you thought you were never going to talk to your dad again, but then some miracle happened. He came out of it you instantly are going to have a tighter relationship with him. Sure. Right? Like we have all these instances in our lives, let's say a near death experience, grandma almost died, whatever it is. And you shift your, your, your perspective and your identity in a moment. There's no reason we can't do it now because the reality is what the reasons people say they can't is another old, is that old story that needs to die. And well, I just can't switch it. No, that that's the old story. Well, Jared, you don't know what happened to me. Uh, when I was little, my parents said this, it's like, okay, I hold space for that. But that's the old story. Mm -hmm. It's the old story just has to die. To be honest, it's trying to die. Kyle Cease, one of my favorites, says it best is everything's trying to die. Your hair cells are dying every day. Your skin cells are dying every day. Uh, All these leaves are are dying right now. Everything is dying. But imagine this tree trying to hold on to its leaves. But it it can't because you can't be the new you hanging on to the old you. The mm. old you has to die. Right. You know what it makes me think of? It's, it, this is a, a more random tangent, but I'm, it makes me think of the, uh, have you ever seen the movie Major Pain before? Okay, so Major Pain is a, people that have seen it are probably laughing right now. It's an absolutely ridiculous movie. But there's a, he's, a, he's, a, um, he's a major or whatever, and he's, a, he, he's working with one of the cadets or something like that, and the cadet uh, breaks his leg or something, and he's, he's screaming to the major. He's like, oh, my God, my leg hurts. It hurts so bad. It hurts. And then the major goes, ah, I can fix it. And he walks up to him, and he breaks his finger. He said, oh, good. So now, now you can think about your broken finger instead of your broken leg. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, while you were saying that, but it's just like you think, oh, I can't, I can't fix this pain in my leg. But then he goes up and breaks your finger, and then you, sure. think, then you start focusing on your broken finger, mm-hmm. right? And it's just, it's just another <clears throat> metaphor towards the – if you're, you're, your parents just like you were going through. Yeah. Uh, I think this is, this is whenever you can get like business struggles put into perspective, yeah. whenever you would have maybe somebody going through a major illness or something like that, and then you realize – what the fuck am yeah. I upset? I think probably COVID did that for a lot of sure. people as far as things like, oh, I, I'm worried. I Probably from a complete societal standpoint, I feel like we were, um, and of course, you know, I'm fucking talking shit, but it's just like we were focusing on weird or, or, or focusing on things that, that probably weren't as important as we were giving them credit sure. for, but it was just kind of the problems of the right. now. And then COVID comes along and then we're just like, oh shit, right? There's right. other there's other things mm-hmm. going on. And even, and even- on another extent, of course, of course, COVID, COVID is bad and then things like that. But there's other stuff, you know, concentration camps in, kind, in China. Yeah. Like there, there's real shit like gang violence in, in deep parts of Chicago or something, right? Like just crazy stuff that is going on all sure. the time. But for some reason, we tend to focus on, uh, you know. Stupid shit. Whatever. More, more other yeah. things. But I think, yeah, I think that – I don't even know how I got on this tangent. But I, I think that it is important to uh, keep these perspectives. And sometimes if you need – some thinking like that, some contrast mm-hmm. thinking. I, I don't know. I think that's what it's called or something, but having that perspective of just like, I keep telling myself I can't, but it's also probably part of me doesn't want to let go of that. It's, in the first it's hard and scary. Like, and I, and I hold space for that and it's totally normal, but here's the thing. The, um, one of our favorites, bringing back the great Joe Rogan. Um, there we go. Have you seen Joe Rogan's, he has like a mini version of this for like quick motivational video, but then he has a longer version. Have you seen the be the hero of your own movie? Of course I okay. have. Okay. 
If you have not, those watching, seen Be the Hero of Your Own Movie, go just type in on YouTube. Be the excellent. Hero, be the Hero of Your Own movie, movie, Joe Rogan. If you can watch the longer one, watch it. If you can't, watch a short one. But one of the best things he says in there is literally this concept of letting the old self die and stop fighting for your reasons not to be whatever you're trying to be. And one of the things is he says is you're not your failures, right? He's like, you're not, yeah, you may have failed, but you're, you're not a failure. You're the person that learned from your failure. That's powerful, right? Like, yes. Like the fact that you're not your failure, you can look back. Like, let's say, let's say hypothetically, I just trash my entire business. Let's say my business burns to the ground. Yeah. I would feel like a failure for a little bit because I let my business burn to the ground. But you're telling me the next business I would start, or if I restarted my business, I wouldn't have an edge on it because of what I learned from the failure. Sure. You know what I mean? Where it's, it, it's too often we, we are letting, um, actually, I think I have the notes still. What if it, okay, so I'm thinking also while you pull that up, what about the flip side? What if you're also not your successes? I think I think this can Absolutely. go I think this can go both Absolutely. ways where people want to say, "Oh, you're not your failures or whatever." But I think that this this as far as expectations go, it's like whatever. The with with success, you can't you can't get so high on your own supply because then whenever shit does go wrong, it's going to really go wrong and you're really going to you're really going to be down on Absolutely. yourself and things like that. So I think it's it's this constant calibration Which is, between the, too high and too low. Yeah, you're it's 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 to sound really hippy dippy it's the now yeah the only thing true yeah, is, right. is is this moment because right everything now. else is the stories and 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 scripts yeah. and stuff that we're we're kind of telling like the the reason why that failure even matters in the first place sure. is because we say it yep. does there's i have this in my notes from a talk i i did in in my group program Lay it on us. and it was this from joe rogan's video it says your past doesn't exist anymore so stop defining yourself by the things that don't serve you from the past things like when you say oh i don't finish things no no, no you're not you may have not finished things in the past before, but that doesn't mean you're Matt that doesn't finish things. You know, it's I, when, it, when I'm working with someone that has bigger issues like binge eating, emotional eating, you're not an emotional eater. You may have emotionally eaten as a verb, right? but you're not, it's not a label. Jared, the emotional eater and identity. And the issue is, cause think of it this way. How hard is it to break a bad habit when you attach it to your identity, mm-hmm. right? We talked about your brain is going to do everything to protect its identity and beliefs. So if you go, I'm Sarah, the emotional eater, or the binger, or the smoker, or the I'm never motivated or the I never, I get, I've never make anything of myself or whatever. And then you start to get results that go the other way. Let's say you go, oh, I'm Jared that never finishes books and I finish a book. I'm going to find some way to fuck up some stuff because it goes against my identity. Mm. It's crazy. So, so even if it's a shitty identity or, or not a shitty identity, but a, a, if a you, not serving, I not that's a better that's a better it's <laughs> a better phrase guys um not shitty but it, even if it's a not serving identity mm-hmm. we still like to get caught up with it because it is still a identity it is something it is a part of us that we feel home to it's a, it's feel yeah. comfortable there, with there's something i picked up from ed milet on one of his uh, talks um it's one of the a really cool thing you can do is like let's say you do something that's again let's say you do something that's not very not not so great like okay let's give a sports example let's say you go to kick a kick a field goal and you miss instead of going fuck i'm such a failure you attach your identity to the fuck up but instantly go that's not like me you literally took it away from your identity Ooh, now interesting or like let's say you kick a foot field goal and you make it and then you go internally you go that's what i do mm. i fucking I, I fucking win and now you're you're being tactical about what you want to be attached to your identity, right? I think uh, so. Another part from this that goes along the same lines is uh, there's a guy by the name of um, 
Dan, oh fuck, what's his name? But he he's the uh, he he's the writer of the book. I think it's called like Ten Percent Happier, um, and he also has a meditation app called Ten Percent Happier. But he was he was talking about one of the things that he with emotions, right? And so the same thing as far as having an identity and 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 kind of labeling yourself as something. He was talking about anger, right? And he said, so instead of saying, I am angry, so like identifying with being angry, yeah. he said, there is anger. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So instead of framing that difference in your mind, he was like, of course, emotions and anger and, and things like that can be very valid and it can, sure. be, it can be helpful in things. But after the 17th time that you've called yourself a dickhead or that you've beaten yeah. yourself up or whatever, I'm he's, such like, a dumb he's like, whatever. that's just not helpful. Yeah. You know, it's just, so at a certain point you have to realize like these things that you're doing, uh, it's just, it's just not helpful. Uh, an example I like to give to people because most, I don't know why, but so many people have it like in our, in their DNA. It's like to be self-deprecating, right? It's like, it's cool to make fun of yourself or to be like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not, you know, or like, don't, Oh, hang on. Okay, you're good. <laughs> no, no, I didn't want that was going to spill. Um, Got it. Uh, <laughs> you passed that on the lighter. And I, I, didn't I heard. To, I felt something. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, would you, a question I like to ask is, would you let? Would you tell your kid that? Because when you always frame it in terms of your child, you people see things different. Like when, for example, I kind of like that even better than a friend. Because oh yeah, yeah you, it's, it can it, be very related. So here's my be- here's more like when someone comes to me and they're struggling with their identity around weight loss, and I go, hey, you need to accept before you change. Because when you go to change, you're denying. You're like, you're like, oh, I won't love myself until I'm until I lose my fifty pounds, and and I go, no, no, no. We have to accept and love first. Accept and love yourself as is now, and then we can change. And they go, Jared, I just can't do that. And I go, so if you had a fat, so I said, what's your daughter's name? And they go, Sarah. I said, how old is Sarah? And let's say Sarah's like a five year old. And I go, is Sarah. A little, I said, what would you do if your daughter Sarah came to you and said, Mommy, hold me. And you said, Sorry, you're too fat. I won't love you until I hold. I won't love you and hold you until you go lose weight. Every person I tell that to like will tear up mm. because they go, Oh, they get it. It hits home instantly. Sure. Because they go, well, I can't just accept myself. Cause I hate the way everything I hate the way I look and feel. And I go, no, no, no. We have to accept and love. Then we can change. Right. Just cause you accept and love doesn't mean we won't change. But if, but like, imagine you wouldn't let your seven year old child come to you and go, mommy, hold me. I had a bad day. And then they go and you go, sorry, you're too fat for mommy. Mm. Go lose weight. Then I'll hold you. That would make you a fucking shitty piece of (laughs) piece of human. Right. Yeah. 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 Or like if your kid, like that's the thing with parents, this is why parent or inner child work around weight loss is so important because like, uh, you need to be the space for yourself that makes everything okay to feel. We got to quit denying our, our inner emotions. Well, like if, if as, as a parent, it doesn't matter what your kid does. You accept, right? Let's say your son gets stung by the world's biggest wasp and like the world's ending into him. You don't say chill the fuck out. It's just a wasp. You go come here. Yeah. And it makes everything better. And then we, we can take care of the sting. Right. But we have to accept first and then change later. Right. No, that makes, that makes a hundred percent sense. And I think some other stuff that I've read from, from psychotherapists, there's a great book that, uh, I've realized there's two books that I absolutely want you to read if you haven't already. One is called already free. And then mm. it's it's by a uh, it's by a, a Buddhist and a psychotherapist, um, and then the other one is called Awareness, and it is by um, I will I will remember it at another time, but I I will absolutely send them both to you. But one of the the, the psychotherapists and already free, one of the things that he talked about is it's like it's just at, at the point that you're talking about why can't there be contradicting energies at the same time? Why can't you hold space for both of those? Th- why can't you hold space for like 
yes, I can I can accept myself, but then also want to improve to be better sure. at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you can have, and also the feelings of anxiety and feelings of, of fear mm-hmm. and, and being scared and uh, all these things like, oh, what I'm doing is never going to work or I'm never going to change or whatever. You can have that and, and make space for that. Yeah. And also try and have the courage to take those first steps towards sure. you know, a more positive life, a more positive mm-hmm. outcome. I think that people think, oh, I can't have this emotion without first getting rid of this other emotion or suppressing this other but the, emotion. But the issue is when we do that, you're denying it. Again, it, right. you, you, would Acceptance. Not, you would not your, you would not deny your child. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's funny. Our resistance to negative emotions is what keeps them here. Think about what happens when you face a fear. It goes away. Mm-hmm. What happens when you run from the fear? It gets worse, mm-hmm. right? Anxiety, fear, worry, depression, anxiety. Uh, I think I said anxiety but also, twice. You, <laughs> you did no, no, no. That makes sense. What also? But also, it's like just because you get rid of anxiety for one thing doesn't mean there's also not going to be anxiety ever True. again. And so, what the guy talks about in Already Free, he said, think about anxiety and, and you know, plug in whatever emotion you're thinking of. He said, imagine you you reach out your hand and you have a ball in your hand, and then so. For those of you just listening, I'm, I'm reaching out my hand just as arm link, <laughs> arm's length and holding a ball in your hand. And no matter where I move, I can't get that ball right. away from me. He was like, so basically, he's just essentially talking about living with, he was like, what if what if you were you could never get rid of your anxiety for the rest of your life? Kind of how mm-hmm. would you would you be able to, sure. to go forward? It's like, of course you could. You could continue to live throughout life. But I think it's accepting that throughout the rest of your life, yep. there's going to be feelings of, of, of fear and, and uncertainty. Certainty and anxiety and think, but whenever you feel that and you accept that, then the liberation. Comes. Well, it's it's like brushing your teeth. There's no you're going to brush your teeth till the day you die, mm-hmm. right? Because you know you're going to brush your teeth because it's a project, right? Good oral health is it's a project. It's a, it's a practice. It's it's, it's a project. It's a project of practice and something you have to work on every day. It's not a place you get to and you got to get to quit working on things. Um, and that's why it, it's it's interesting. It's one of those things where. It, it, everything just assume like you're because you're a human living on the planet earth you're gonna have feelings of worry doubt depression anxiety all these things scarcity so you have to have a level of acceptance because you're a human you you're not a, a, su- a superhuman mm-hmm. um but the thing is it, we have to accept first and then we can change later and then ho- or hold space for and generally then now they have room to leave i compare it to like a dog if you have a dog that's chasing with you or chasing you and you continue to run from it, it's just going to keep chasing you. But what happens when you go, I'm not going to run from this dog anymore. And you just stop the dog. Okay. It might, it might get worse for a second. It might jump on you. It might nip at you, but then you just stand there. You're now going to be boring and the dog's going to eventually wander off and find something else. Cause you're no longer exciting and running from it and playing with it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, yeah. Because of this, just the society we live in, you're never going to not have fear, worry, doubt and anxiety. But if you, we constantly run from it, and constantly like go no i'm not supposed to feel that's that's like expecting never to go to the bathroom right sure. it's like assume fear worry doubt anxiety is literally like it's like breathing. explosive diarrhea <laughs> right, or, or, right? Or explosive diarrhea what hap- yeah. here's the thing what happens when you have explosive diarrhea you go ooh that doesn't feel good <laughs> sure. you, you don't distract from it sure. you don't like go like suppress it you go i need to go sit with this mm-hmm. and you go to the bathroom hold space for it what is in comes out but guess what? We're all probably going to have explosive diarrhea another time before we die. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. but what, but you don't like go to the bathroom and go, oh my gosh, what is this? And just try to like dissect it and judge it. You go, something's in that needs to come out. We'll call it 
triggering mm-hmm. and then it it leaves right and then it's the same thing you get you, we if we experience fear worry doubt scarcity uh anxiety anything instead of running from it we need to go i'm gonna allow myself to feel just like as a mom lets her daughter feel anything she feels or a son feel anything they feel sit with it be with it make be the space that allows that to be okay and then all of a sudden it now has no choice but to leave because you're inviting it in to stay right and yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely tough. And I think it's, it's definitely an ongoing practice. And I think that, uh, uh, there's certain things that you can do to, to, I don't know, maybe, maybe at least be able to, to cope with it or deal with it or, or mental tools to think Without about it, doubt. like we were discussing earlier. I don't know if I asked you this last time we were on the pod together. What do you, what do you do? Like whenever you are maybe freaking out over something or you're you're in a really bad space, do yeah. you do anything to kind of like shock yourself out of it? Is there anything that you uh, like tactical or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, there's a saying I've come up with myself. You ready for this? I'm ready. Philosophically tactical. Okay. All right. I'm in. So say more. So from a phil- because all this shit sounds philosophical, right? Um, but we still have to make it tactical. So what I personally do for me and what I teach is because everything that we've said is true so far, right? Like you have to hold space. You got to quit running from it. We have to be able to make it okay to feel and then feel because if we don't, you eventually become numb, right? If you, if you numb yourself to the negative, you eventually over time numb yourself to be positive or from the, from the positive, then people do really fucking crazy things to feel anything, right? So how I go about it is number one, sit with it. Two, two of the most tactical, tactical things you can do is meditate and journal um, because they do the one thing that they have in common is hold space for it okay so let's let's talk to if you guys can see on the video we've got fucking bugs flying yeah. all around actually I, th- right now. I think the camera quit i quit seeing the red dot so i think it's it's all good it's all good we got like a good hour of content from yeah we did we're, so. we're set <laughs> um well okay so well, and we're still going on the audio we're good yeah, yeah um okay so with with so which one do you do first and how like meditation like so if you do meditation what do you do specifically do you have an app do you have a whatever like what's so, what's your what's yeah, your go-to so um, so basically before we can like change it, cause I, my bad habit is I want to instantly state change, but before I state change, like, you know, like, like move my body, you know, like, like reaffirm whatever I'm needing to, to, to reaffirm or whatever the case may be. I need to hold space first because again, that's just denying that those emotions. So, um, it, and here's the thing. There's no right way to do it. In my opinion, that's not like, we'll meditate this way and do this first then journal. Just do something, do one of the things I'm about to say where, um, because at the end of the day, we're just holding space. So one of the best things you can do is sit, uh, uh, when I say meditate, I'm not meaning, you know, you don't have to sit weird. You don't have to like, you know, chant. You don't have to do weird shit with your hands. So much of this is you're just sitting with it. You're sitting, allowing yourself to feel, allowing your mind to go, allowing whatever to come up. Right. Okay. Just like, so, so eyes closed, eyes, eyes open, just chilling, I, just, I, just literally thinking about your thinking or just letting thoughts come and go. I, th- um, <laughs> it's gross of an example it is like the bathroom you go sit and let whatever's in come out all right so okay um i'm a fan of eliminating Release. distracted yeah right i'm a fan of eliminating distraction so no music eyes closed sitting down and just being there we go right okay. think think about okay, here's a kind of an interesting analogy imagine the seven-year-old version of you struggling with the same thing and you go sit with them you don't say anything because you can't like let's say let's say your inner seven-year-old saw their dog get ran over you can't bring the dog back. You can't, but what can you do? You sit with them. You hold them. You just be with them. Mm-hmm. Be with your inner child. Be with that emotion. Try to, if I anything, feel it. Go, you know what? I'm going to allow myself to feel anxiety. Breathe through it. 
Um, I think a lot of times when I, I, I'm all, I don't get me wrong, I'm all about guided meditations, but I think people can use guided meditations as a distraction. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people where it's like, instead of thinking about letting their thoughts go and letting their emotions be felt there, it's thinking like, okay, clear your mind, breathe, focus in, focus out. That sounds distracting to me. Sure, 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 um, sure. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with guided meditations, but in this context, when you're triggered, when you're like, I can tell you when I am not in a good place, cause we all have those times. I will literally go sit on, on my back patio in my hammock chair and I will just go, I, I sometimes I'll audibly say it's okay for you to feel like this in my body. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just let myself feel, you know what I mean? I like that. I like that. <laughs> you can see your mom poking her head. Out the I window. like <laughs> that. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I, so what, one thing that I do that's interesting is I try to, um, as woo as it is, I try to ground myself basically. You got a little moth on your shoulder. Get that little guy off there. Um, <laughs> we're outside. This is Kentucky. We got bugs. Um, right. <clears throat> but so one thing I try and do is like ground myself. And what I say by that is nothing like woo or anything, but it's more so I can feel my butt on the cushion right now. I can feel the pressure underneath my glutes. I can feel the pressure underneath my right foot right now on my slipper that I have. I can feel the the coldness on my on my left elbow right now from the from the chair that I'm sitting on. You know what I'm saying? I'll even maybe I'll even maybe scratch I'll get out of my head and into my body yeah. kind of type thing. And I know that what you're talking about the context is different as far as feeling the emotions, What's, accepting the emotions sure. and things like that. But for me, I think that it can help to ground You're myself. You're bringing yourself back to reality. I've got to, I've got to get in reality first. And sometimes I'll even scratch my leg and just the f- feel the sensation of your nails on your leg. So what's funny, and it's crazy. What's it's, funny is it's, it helps. These are, uh, the, those are actually, um, spe- the, the, what you just talked about is a very, is very common for, um, stopping a panic attack. So, so there's this, uh, my wife is very, my wife used to struggle with panic attack attacks a lot and she's pulled people out of panic attacks like at her work and stuff by the stuff. But there's a few things I think, I can't remember what the exact strategy. It's like a, it's like there's a a strategy. It's called like one, one, two, three, four, five. Not, you're not counting to five. You go one thing you can touch. Okay. The table. Oh, interesting. Two things you can smell. Okay. The cookies and the, that's being baked in the coffee of, from the stranger that just walked by me. Three things you can see. I see Matt. I see the microphone. I see the computer. Four things I can I can feel whatever uh-huh. and, and, because, sure, sure, and it's sure. doing exactly what you just did oh, interesting. where you're gaining grounding over your senses. That kind of brings you back to reality. One thing Kyle Cease says, and I do this a lot when you're in a chaotic state, it's, it's so powerful just to take a really fucking big, deep breath. It reminds you you're here. It's grounding. Um, cause too often when we get in a negative state, it's when we're focusing on things that aren't here. Cause if you think about anxiety, anxiety is, is basically in preparation of something in the future that's going to ha- happen. So you can prepare yourself for it. But too often when people live in anxiety, you're living in a future that hasn't happened yet, preparing for the worst thing. So you don't die. So you doing these physical things brings you back to reality where yeah. you're like, okay, I'm scratching my leg. Okay. I feel that. Um, I will walk barefoot in the grass. You know, it can be re- things like that. Um, the other thing that I like to do, because for people who are really hesitant for meditation, because a lot of people do everything unconsciously all day to do anything but sit with themselves, right? Like the one time you sit with yourself without distraction is when you go to bed and then you go, I can't, sh- my brain won't shut the fuck up. Yeah. Then you like drink before you go to bed or something. Sure. Where it's like, imagine a child you've ignored all day that's like, mom, it's like the, that family guy. Mom, 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 m
yeah. and holds space for him. He said, and he goes, hi, hi and leaves, <laughs> right? So the one time you listen to your brain, you go to fucking sleep. Yeah. And you, or you distract by drinking or eating or whatever. Um, or playing on your phone. Sure. So one of the best things you can do is, in my opinion, is, is journal, right? But, but not just like write out your day. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. Yep. Basically, write out what you're feeling. I've actually thought about coming out with uh, basically my version of a prompted journal for people who struggle with this, where it's like, make a list of everything you feel. I feel sad. I feel anxious. I feel hopeless. I feel confused. Well, why do you feel like that? I don't know why I feel like that. And then just rant. What's here to give you an idea. Like a fitness one would be. I I did this legit. What's crazy. I did this to my nephew. So one of my nephews, he's a really crazy little, little fella. Um, Mm -hmm. he, he's a great kid. He's little, he's only like five, but he like, um, gets really anxious and reactive and has a temper and like gets in this chaotic state. Well, one thing, so we were at, at dinner, we were at lunch and he was being a little fucking shit causing issues inside the restaurant. And like this restaurant was right by a lake and he was just throwing a temper tantrum. So we had an, what I call an uncle Jared moment. So I said, I said, I told him, I said, Hey buddy, let's go outside. Not like ripped him up. Like he's in trouble, but he wasn't getting any better. Things were progressively getting worse. And I said, let's go outside. And he's like, fine. And he's being a little shit. We walk outside and there's, I know there's a lake nearby, like right next, like right on the lake. This restaurant was, yeah. And we went there and I, I go, I go, buddy, what, what's wrong? What, what, what are you feeling? And he's like, I don't know. And he's like mad. He's just like, just being a little kid, but little kids need to be seen, heard and felt like adults need to be seen, heard and felt, but he's five. How can I get a five-year-old to talk about his feelings? So there were some rocks. So I, I grabbed a, a handful of rocks and I said, okay, buddy, you want to throw the rocks in the lake? What five-year-old boy doesn't want to throw rocks in the lake? I'll throw rocks in the lake. Right. So <laughs> let's make this let's make this a teaching moment. And I said, okay, buddy, you want the rocks in the lake? Yeah. I go, I want you to name the rock whatever you're feeling. He goes, I don't know. I said, come on. I said, what 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 do you feel right now? And then you can name one and throw it. And he grabs a rock and looks at it and he goes, mad, and throws it. And I go, awesome. Let's do another one. Kid's fucking five. He grabs another one. He goes, confused. Awesome, buddy. What else you got? And he goes, interesting. And he goes, I don't know. And I said, so, or, I'm sorry. I think he may have like, it was like overwhelmed or something. And I go, what, what else, buddy? And he goes, I don't know. And I go, so confused? Yeah. We did that five or 10 times. State changed immediately. Mm. Literally within 30, like, like probably within like a minute, minute and a half, he was a different kid. Cause I didn't just scold him. I didn't just like, Hey, we don't act like that. I go, buddy, what are you feeling? And I changed his physiology. I grounded him, gave him something else to like, like, like to, to get, get out of the chaotic state of the restaurant. But then I let him feel and talk about it in a five-year-old way. And he felt a thousand times better literally within two minutes. Of course. No, that's beautiful. I love that story actually. Well, Okay. (sighs) <sighs> no, I love that, man. I love that. I really do. Um, we're at what? 109 here. Um, Sorry, David. <laughs> no, no, no. We're good. What I'm wondering, oh, so you just brought up that story. I'm wondering real quick, since you brought that up, I also know, and and you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, but I, I'm pretty sure that you do not want to have children. Yes. Okay. And as of right now, probably as of right now, and that's fine. Okay. And if you're comfortable talking about Absolutely. it after telling that story, it's like, why I feel like you would be, <laughs> I feel like you would have, well, I, I don't, I don't mean to sound like with, with children being like a project, you sure. know what I'm saying? But as far as 
raising a child, I, I feel like you'd be pretty good at it. So it's just like, <laughs> why, why ooh, I want to hear why not. And I'm also just interested in it sure, just sure, as sure. a friend. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and I have no problem. I'm, I'm, it's one of those things that I find the more that I talk about. And we can wrap it up with this. I talk about, I like, I don't more of just me and like my own thoughts and desires and, or lack thereof. Um, uh, I just think it helps cause it makes, it helps people <laughs> resonate and really, uh, it re- relatable. Well, um, sometimes people don't want kids. I, I have a best friend who doesn't at this point doesn't want kids. So as of right now, um, so one thing my wife and I have always like from the day we got married, cause you know, it's as soon as you get married, it's like, when are you having kids? Uh, whatever. Stop and, asking that. Yeah. Go stop ahead. asking that. Go assholes. Ahead. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> except for Matt on the podcast. Cause then it's okay. <laughs> no, no. To be honest, um, there's a difference between like good friends having this conversation versus like, uh, fucking people that you don't even know. The and I have name. zero judgment. I'm not asking sure. this to judge your answer. No, 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 I'm no, asking no. this out of curiosity. And to be honest, I don't like it's, uh, it's okay. It's interesting. I'm a fan of judgment. It's how we make decisions. It's how we have conversations. Sure. Um, usually when people get upset about the word judging, it's, uh, it's the condemning part. It's where there's like, an like, Oh, I don't agree with that versus like, it's how we make decisions. Right. Right. But to answer your question. So, um, my wife and I, when we got married, very like we got like uh, our anniversary was yesterday, so we've been married seven years together, twelve or I'm sorry, almost thirteen, and uh, we gave the normal answer. Oh, probably three to five years down the road, whatever. Um, sh- we got married. I was twenty, or she was nineteen, and I was twenty-two, wow. something like that. We were like, well, we were math. Let's see, I'm twenty-nine. Yeah, seven years ago. Yeah, so, it's a young, young. Yeah, young. you so guys were young. Yeah, but also we were all already together like eight years. Sure. So, um. So it's not like it was an overnight thing or whatever, but like we were kids. I look at our wedding pictures, dude. We were fucking babies. Yeah, sure. Um, part of me is like, who let us get married? <laughs> now, yeah. I don't regret it at all by any means, right, but it's like, what did we know? Like we're fucking babies. That's but anyway, um, and, and, and to give context, like my, my marriage is the best relationship I know. Like it's, it's, it's better today than it's ever been. Um, and so with the kids thing, we were just like, we figured we wanted kids at some point. Like, because that's what societally you're supposed to do. Not because we wanted necessarily them. It's like, oh yeah, we probably should. But then like, what's interesting is the more time got on, like it'd be, let's say three years down the road. We're still, yeah, three to five years down the road. Like that. And then Just let's keep say, kicking the can let's down say the road. six years come, go by three to five years down the road. And it's like the longer time goes on. I, I couldn't tell you why. Um, I just, the desire isn't there. Cause I can, here's, here's the fu- interesting thing. I know I'd be a fucking amazing dad. Sure. But, but here's the other thing. Like, this is going to sound so co- egotistical. I feel like anything I aim at, I would, the, anything that I would aim at that I would love doing, I'm going to fucking kill at. Yeah. Right. It's why, like, I love my business. So I crush. Mm-hmm. I love my clients. My clients crush. I love my friends like you mm-hmm. and our relationship grows and crushes. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that I have a desire towards, we put effort into and crush with. Um, and so, yeah, I absolutely think I'd be an amazing dad. Um, and I know my wife would be an amazing mom, but as crazy, as weird as it sounds, it's, there's just no desire. Yeah. Like, right. and, and that like, makes, that's, that's a perfectly like, fine like, answer. Like, like, let me ask you this. This is how I like to, I flip this around. Why don't, uh, assuming money would not be the, the reason, would you adopt a child right now? No. Why? Because there's <laughs> other, other things that I still want to accomplish before yep. I think having a, a child sure. sounds right for me at this also, moment. Also, exactly. But also, do you particularly want one right now? No. Like, the, is the desire there? No. So, from a desire standpoint, from a feeling of preparedness standpoint, and from a 
everything else in in movement standpoint it's just probably not in the cards this moment so even you know, like yeah adopting a kid is fucking expensive but like let's say money wasn't an issue it's like things just right now aren't in a conducive place for it um and i get it like you're never ready what everyone says but like th- it's the same thing there's just like i we just don't want one uh sure i and i i can also tell you like how to put it. I know so many people who have kids who regret having their kids. The amount of people I know who like, it's funny. Everyone's going to be, Oh no, I love my kid. Oh, I know you love your kid. So why don't you have another one? Mm-hmm. Oh no, I just, yeah, no, 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 no. One's good for me. No. Why? Why not another to another? Why not a fucking Brady bunch? Why not like a football team? Right. Right. It's, it's, or someone, let's say has two. I'm like, well, you should have kids. Well, why don't you have another one? Oh, you don't want one. Oh, you don't want to have, because it's a lot of all these other things. It's, it's the same kind of thing. Sure. Okay. You know? I see what you're saying. And it's like, it it blows me away how many people like don't think about this. They're just like, Oh yeah, I had it. Whoops. My bad. And it's like, don't get me wrong. I, I think it's great when people like, if they, if they have them, if they want them and all these things, but I think it's, it blows me away how many people like I would argue are irresponsible then can't fucking raise it. Um, and I know this is a very triggering controversial topic, but I, I just know that it's right now it's, there's just not really a desire to have one. Um, part of my brain is like, I wouldn't want to have one in the right now where things are at, um, in the world or that's being very cynical or being very pessimistic. But I don't, there's just like, I just, I just know for me to raise a kid, right there, you have to do it right. There's no half-ass raising a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if there's just the the really blunt, not so sexy answer is like, there's just no desire. Yeah. I know. And, it's and why it's like I to I know this is gonna sound weird comparing. It's like why don't I get a gerbil? I I just don't want one. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know that's what I mean? fair. I'm not. Gonna I think go- you're right. It it is. It just goes back to the societal expectations of you're this age. Yeah. You have a wife. You've been together this long. The next step. Sure. You have a house. You have a job. You have a successful career. Right. Et cetera. Et cetera. Now the next step is is having a child. But now here here's the crazy thing though. Um, fuck. I don't want to lose it. I almost lost it. Uh, you're good. It's it's one of those things too where, um. I think the because over the past, let's say, couple years, three years, two years, my wife and I have done so much inner work on ourselves. It, it's funny. The more work we do on ourselves, the less we want kids. So I was actually talking to my therapist about this, and she agrees. Um, I'm convinced so many people have kids because it's another way of to suppressing their own shit, right? Think about why people emotionally eat to suppress emotions, mm. why people do th- distractions, why they drink too much, why they overeat too much, why they... Um, do all these things it's to distract it's the ultimate distraction here think of it this way also um why i i have a personal belief my therapist doesn't disagree with me um this is i don't I haven't looked at data um a very common divorce age is as soon as the kid leaves mm, very I common see. divorce age okay how many people lose their identity in their kids so instead of them be, so think about like in relationships codependency right you're oh they're my everything they complete me no 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 they they make me so happy no 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 you're responsible for you you need to be standalone on you yes you're in a relationship but your happiness your everything your issues is all on you right we all know codependency kills relationships i see people like if i lost my identity in shelby or shelby lost her identity in me our relationship would fail mm-hmm. right cuz you're abandoning who you are and your identity back to the identity conversation i see so many people lose themselves in their kids and don't get me wrong kids are great they need to be they they need to be like your responsibility and loved and cared for and all that stuff but when you go from sarah to mom or from jared to dad 
Like how many people do you see have kids and they lose their entire identity? They know they are no longer themselves that might have kids that are friends that do this. They go, they're like, no, I'm dad or, Oh, I'm mom. And they lose their entire identity of who they are as a person um, because of the child. And then kids gone. So did the identity. And then mm. why do you think people get divorced? Why do you think midlife, cri- midlife crises happen? Or or they become helicopter parents and they try and protect their kids sure. and everything like that. Or then they, they don't go, want them to do anything, you yeah. know, go get hurt or go yeah. far away or whatever. And like, it, it's, it's one of those things. And I'm not saying this is not a reason to ha- not have kids, but it's funny. The more I've worked on myself, the more my wife has worked on herself. And as singular people have like grown and improved and things like that the less desire to procreate. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know? Sure. That may, and that may just be us, right? I know people who do all this inner work and they want to have a kid more than ever. Sure. But here's the thing. I would argue now you have a foundation to have a kid. How many people, I know, I couldn't tell you how many, um, have a kid to fix their, they're like, oh, our marriage is shit. Let's make a baby. And then they wonder why then the kid suffers and the marriage suffers, right? Because you're distracting from the problem. Mm. Have you have you ever discussed with somebody not not like a you know one of your parents or just like sure. a family friend or something like that but somebody maybe that you more so look up to or something like that that has had a child because here's the thing I don't know because I don't sure. have a child I can't give context on that and, and you know and of course I would you know, I would never uh, try and say you're you're, you're wrong or you're wrong right. for feeling a certain way or anything like that but I'm wondering if you've ever had a, an experience like talk with somebody else who has had a child who's had a very positive experience and they've still been able to do other things. And, and cause, cause you hear a lot of stories of it being a transformative experience. It's sure. like the, the, my life cha- completely flipped on its head whenever that child came to be. It's like, I just, I don't know if you, you talk to anybody. Oh, without a like doubt. That. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, without a doubt. I've seen both sides of it. I've seen people who are like, no, me having my kid has been the best thing that ever happened to me. But I know some people who are like, Hey, I wouldn't get rid of them, but I would not have had them if I had the choice. Sure. Right. I've seen both sides of it, but here's my thing. And like, and I'm not saying either is let's, let's, I'm not, let's say let's neutralize the whole thing. Neither is right or wrong. Um, cause like, I've also been told a great, the, one of the best examples I've ever heard, um, someone describing like they go, Oh, when it's, when it's yours, it's different. Oh, it's, you, you don't know until you have it. I get that. But I also know people who regret having their kids or just don't care, don't like their kids. Um, but someone saying trying to describe being a parent to someone who has never had a kid is like describing color to a person that's been born blind. Oh yeah. yeah it's yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, really yeah. good, that that's really yes. good. That's good. Yes. Um, and I get that. I could totally see it that way. Right. And then part of my brain is like, if I'm this crazy about my dogs, if I fucking made a human, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> sure. but, but sure. that's the thing is I, 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 I take it as if I tried to, if I if we decide to have kids as a massive responsibility, I think people, have kids way too um it's reactive way too fuck it it's reactive right because it's not an 18 year commitment it's a it's a it's it's a a lifelong oh that's for like what if your kid grows up to be a serial killer like it's that's a fucking big deal sure um and and that's not just i'm not that sounds really pessimistic or really uh negative but part of this too is how to word it um part part of this too is like like if i if i said oh hey i went out and bought like a like a i just went out and bought a ten thousand dollar stereo system I just, yeah, I kind of fuck it. I don't really care about it. I just bought it. That would be considered a bad decision. Or if I couldn't decide, hey, I can't tell if I like this car or not, but I'm going to buy it. Like, that's not a good idea, but people do that with kids. So for me, here's my thing. My wife and I had a really good conversation about this recently where it's, we can't tell. We can't tell if we actually want kids or if it's the societal expectation. That is not grounds to create a life. 
Uh, yeah, I would say that. If absolutely I if fair. I said, hey, I can't tell if I if I like my car if I want this car, you'd probably say, well, sit on it, quit rushing. Why are you trying to buy it right now? I just bought a car because I fucking loved it. Or it's the Derek Sivers. It's a hell yeah or no. Yeah, that's what. But it is. right now, it's a hell like, yeah if you no. can't tell, hey, I can't tell if I'm into this girl or not, or this guy or not. It's like maybe you shouldn't be trying to trying to make a decision right now. A kid's not something to fuck around with. Absolutely. So I'm glad you take it serious, and I think that, it I think of, I'm I'm sure that you've thought about this. Yeah, immensely. I get, dude, I get fucking hell for this. Like I like I tell I've told this to and people, and I think that's crazy. And, and and they act like I kick their dog in front yeah, of them. Yeah, no, that, you know? that that's, that's on them. That's on them. They they kick their own dog mm-hmm. or or their child. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> we're, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up here. That's why I knew I knew that that would facilitate some type of good conversation. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, most people that I talk to, typically they are like, I'm gonna have kids, whatever. And so I, I always do get in, I get interested from somebody who is as reflective and introspective sure. as you are, and I want to hear <laughs> I want to hear that response because I do I, I absolutely do want to have children one day, um, and, and I'm excited for that. Uh, but right, like I said, one day. So it's just like you said, right now mm-hmm. I don't, and I and I you know I absolutely respect that. Um, so. We're at one 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 twenty three right Fuck, now. This is a long one. This is a good one. This is good. This I knew that we, typically whenever I do these in person podcasts, it's it's a, it's around uh, about the ninety minute mark. Yeah. So this this is about right. But I I figured we would we would touch on quite a few things. We've we finished our bourbon. We've got about a half a cigar. Maybe we'll uh, we'll wrap this up and then we'll just chill here and, and chat a little bit and dr- and smoke these cigars and right. and drink a little bit more and hang out. Um, but Jared, this has been. This has been wonderful. This is good, man. Yeah. In person, so much better than... In person like, fucking rocks. Yeah. It's so much... It's so cool. It's so much more intimate and so much more sure. real. And it, after you get going and you're just like... We didn't have notes. No. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, should we figure out what we're going to talk about? And you're yeah. like, probably not. Nope. We should just go. Yeah. Yes, and that's what I we did. It. That's what we did. All right. Um... I guess we should do the normal stuff. Where where uh, where where can people find you if they uh, don't know where you uh, are? I you can go to my website hamiltontrained.com um or I hang out most of the time on Instagram and TikTok at real Jared Hamilton on both of them. Uh, my podcast is the Hamilton Trained podcast. You can find a, a handful of episodes with Matt over there, and we'll probably be doing another one here soon. Um, Beautiful. I wish I brought all my shit because we should do one. Well, no, it's all good. I, yeah. And yeah, we have we've we've done this is probably what our fourth one, third or fourth, third, uh, third or fourth. Enough. We're like. We can't keep track, and that's a good <laughs> yeah. thing. We got a couple, so and then every single one is, is is similar to this. But yeah, definitely go back, check those out. Um, yeah, and we'll 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 wrap this up. Jared, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, dude. Hopefully, course, we'll we'll do it again soon. I love it. And that is that, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the More Than Fitness podcast. And please, if you could help me out a little bit here and leave a rate and review in iTunes, and also. Take a screenshot and post it up on your IG story. Tag me at Matt McLeod 6. I'd love to share it. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast and also so that we can share the word with other people. I would love to build up this community, build up this tribe of people that we have like you and I uh, and get the word out there. Uh, Also, if you want more free content, you can check the links in the description. I have my free four-week workout plan, The Ultimate Physique Development. And also, if you want to work with me online, one-on-one for personal coaching, you can check the link in the description as well. Uh, And anything else you need, please send me an email, send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. Again, thank you so much for listening.